Hello and welcome, Nightcap lovelies. Hope you're all doing fine tonight. We have Krista stopping in with a big smiley happy frog, a heart, and some pineapple pizza. Mm. Mm. I did, in fact, have pineapple pizza for dinner today. I'm proud of it. I think it's delicious. I don't care what anybody says. Today's combo was old-style pepperoni, yellow peppers, and pineapple. <sighs> Highly recommended. Absolutely delicious. So here's a cheers to all of you out there. Mm. Oh, that's good. Tonight we have some uh, Bottled and Bond Old Forester 1897 that was given to me uh, from a friend as sort of a going away present. So it was another sort of gift to the show that made me kind of happy. Uh, you just saw the pizza tweet. <laughs> mm. God, that pizza was good. I ate that whole fucking pizza too. What a slob. Just can't stop eating. <laughs> but uh I don't know, kind of a weird day today in some some ways. I don't know. Like I I just uh work is weird and things are weird and it's just weird. Shit's just weird. So I don't really know if I have too much else to say about that. Um, how are all of you doing? I, I gotta be honest, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I, I just need fucking sleep and rest or something. Like, I feel like I, I feel like it's like, I'm dehydrated, but I'm not. Like, I literally just drank a giant Nalgene bottle of water. And I'm thirsty. Doesn't make any sense. And I peed, and I peed for like 30 minutes. And while I was peeing, I'm like, <laughs> You sure it's not just me that's weird? It could be. But I feel like a lot of people have been having weird weeks. So like, I don't know. I mean, it could be electrolytes, but I ate. Oh, sleepy. I mean, I ate like a pizza and I had like a bunch of stuff, but I mean, I, I guess I should take those electrolyte pills and get upstairs. What I really need and I can't forget is to get some sparkling water, Topo Chico and some grape juice. I need it. King Dinosaur played hooky today. I just couldn't stomach the thought of seeing those people today. Did me a world of good. Man, fucking good for you. Fuck work. That's what I got to say about that. Uh, and I agree with Black Cat. Sometimes you just got to do it. Getting to the point where, like, I just don't. I would say over half the people that I deal with now in my office, I just can't stand them. They're the fucking. They're terrible. The people that were there that were great either got fired or quit or a combination of both. And I think there's like. One, let's see, there's three people left uh, that I actually kind of like like working with and the rest of the team pretty much sucks. So, yeah, I totally hear you. And uh, I, I still go back to the, my God, if I was rich or independently wealthy or whatever, like, I would not go back to work. I mean, if anything, I would go volunteer at a place and the minute... 
the minute I encountered somebody where I was like, this person is a fuck face. I'd be like, well, you got a choice. You can either get rid of this fuck face or I'm walking out the door right now. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like ultimate. I'm fine. Then I'll leave. See ya. And I'm just gone. And I give two shits. <laughs> Black Cat or uh, Krista was up at five on her day watching last night's stream. Woke up out of biorhythms. Um, but you, thank you for watching last night's stream. Last night's stream was really good. King Dinosaur bought himself a new pair of hiking boots and a Discover Pass to get into all the state parks. Ooh, what kind of boots did you get? I want to know what kind of boots you got. But dude, that's like badass to get in all those state parks. It's time to find the Sasquatch, dude. It's time to find the Sasquatch. He's gonna King Dinosaur is gonna spend as much time outdoors this spring and summer as possible. I think that's a great goal. I'm certainly going to try. I'm gonna try that more than I did last summer. I think it's still like cold and crappy here. Somebody remarked like, oh, it's almost too cold to go out for a smoky treat. Almost. And I was like, no, it's still, unfortunately, still too cold here. And it's just like, I could go ride the bike. But I couldn't think of anywhere, especially after work and being kind of tired, that I wanted to take a long ride. And on a cold day, when you want to take a long ride, it's like, all right, I got to put on chaps and these other gloves and this jacket and the full helmet and get all this stuff together. And I'm just like... I'm not going to do it. I think I'm just going to watch TV and get a pizza and stuff. <laughs> so that's what I did. Mm. Can't stand the filth in this city. I mean, I yeah, I, I just... It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I hate the busy feeling of, like, the city in suburbia. Like, when you go out to even, like, a small town, like, when you go up to uh, this area that we've that we've got near, like, the Lexington Harbor, it can be a holiday weekend where there's lots of people and stuff around, but it doesn't f feel busy. The stress of that day-to-day, -day, like, it's like a humming buzz. You can fucking feel it. And it's not out there. And I, I just, I can't stand it around here anymore. It's, it's driving me crazy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Black Cat, I feel like if anybody here, you know what I'm talking about the most. Mm. Yeah, they're not in the rat race. They, they just, they don't have that, I don't know, pressure of, of something. Um... But here's the thing. We have some special readings tonight. We have two readings. They are both by the same author. And I'm going to warn you right off the bat. Not because I'm... This Take this as a trigger warning. Uh, and I don't say that because of the whole sensitive snowflake woke whatever thing, but this is some topics uh, that may have the ability to uh, cause some... Uh, so that's all the warning you get. If you want an episode where I rub shit in my eyeballs, this ain't it. Uh, 
But when I read these, I was like pseudo fucking heartbroken and my just, I'm going to let the works speak for themselves. So let's read the first part. And the first part of this can be found at the following hyperlink. I'm going to post that here in the chat. And so let's delve in to a little bit of a tale written by our own beloved Black Hat. So I think uh, what I'm going to do here real quick. I'm going to do this little trick move. Because if I do this, then I can do this. And then the text is hopefully much easier for you all to read. So there, that uh, blows this up a little bit. So the title of this is, uh, Oh, Please Don't Hesitate, Part 1. So I did a lot of walking around one part of Berkeley, and it was mostly up Telegraph Avenue. From the place that did my panhandling for the free clinic, I passed the Hare Krishna Church, People's Park, and up to the university grounds. The church was a pretty big deal in the Bay Area. I don't know about the one that's there now, and I don't really care about the history with this sect or that or locations or whatever. All I know is that they had colorful parades, and they were often chanting in the street. And I, I was gleeful, taking in the sights on my walks, always absorbing the colors and the voices, just... Happy la-da-da. And so I was a bit surprised in an unhappy way one afternoon, though. It was the Mike Tyson guy with more muscles from People's Park. I was really surprised. He grabbed me from behind. He grabbed my arms and said, Remember I told you we were going to get you? I was very close to the Krishna temple. But he pushed me ahead and made me keep walking. I was a strong girl, but this guy was super big and powerful. I couldn't I couldn't escape his grasp. I wiggled and tried my hardest to free myself. And I was yelling, Help! And I was doing every maneuver possible. But he's forcing me in a direction I'm sure led to some hidden spot near People's Park. I really feared for my life. He was forceful and angry. And I kept squirming and fighting and yelling and, and people were looking but did nothing he finally picked me up and threw me over his shoulder he's holding me in place with both arms while he was walking and i knew i was in serious trouble if i didn't get away it was broad daylight and i couldn't believe that nobody was going to do anything to help me i was crying and screaming help at the top of my lungs some guy passed by and looked right at him and begged him for help while squaring and fighting. And so he said, Hey man, put her down. The attacker looked at him and got closer in a jerky mad fashion and said, What are you going to do about it? He said it in a really crazy, deep way and the guy said, Nothing. And backed away and kept walking. I had to get away somehow. The guy was even madder and crazier. Uh, screaming for help in front of the Krishna place loud. And I thought for sure someone would come out and help me, but nobody did. I thought they were 
all about the good. All the while, poor Zack, her cat, was on the ground and I could see him in the distance just standing there helpless. Nobody was helping. They just left me to my fate. I don't know. Maybe someone called the cops, but I don't think so. I was on his shoulder, and I was doing my best to wiggle around and loosen his grip, but he was getting madder because he was trying to walk at the same time when I was slowing him down. I knew I only had one chance. <clears throat> if I failed, I was in real trouble. I, I, I couldn't fight him in overall strength, and I certainly couldn't use arm strength against him, so I squirmed low enough to use my legs. One chance. And I better get it right. I felt the position of where my knee was. I pulled back with my leg, and then I kneed him in the crotch like you wouldn't believe. My legs were super strong, and this is my only way out. I felt it. I did damage. I'm sure of it. I could feel things separating. It was pretty gross, but I had to do it. I bet he was never the same again. Probably had to go to the hospital. I'm not a vengeful person, but I had to do it, I'm sure, to save my life. He dropped to the ground. I ran as fast as I could away, but yelled, Where's my cat? And somebody pointed, Here. I ran around on the street, the big strong attacker on the ground crying and yelling, You bitch! It's crime bad. And so, I grabbed Zach, my cat, and ran up the hill to the dorms. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty rough. So we're going to spend just a moment here looking at a gray kitty cat. Uh, I've got some people stopping into the chat. Uh, me on the cat was stopping with some funsies and looking for games and tea. Sorry about that, man. You stopped in right in the middle of a dramatic reading. Uh, Gamer Lab 1, uh, we are reading the following. I know you sort of came in in the middle of it as well. Uh, but Gamer Lab 1, I hope you're doing well. Uh, we're reading a little bit of something kind of emotional, uh, distressing kind of here. So uh, we have another piece uh, to get to. And then after that, I think we'll probably take the podcast break and then get to some discussion. Poor Zach. Poor kitty. All right, the second part of this. Oh, please don't hesitate, part two. I was crying pretty bad as I ran. It hurt me inside that someone meant me harm, but especially more that the other humans around did nothing. I could barely see as I was walking, but I was stopped by a friendly soul. It, it was the chicken lady. She grabbed me and held me and asked me what happened and kept a hold of me. And I don't remember what she said, but it was a comfort to me and I will always thank her for that. When a big smile goes sad, that's hard to shake. She walked me up to the hostel and the dorm and the nice Asian gal that I'll never forget. Well, except her name, but... She tried to help me. Did I want to go to the clinic? No. 
She talked to me as a woman. There really was no talk about going to the police. And as much as people slam women's liberation nowadays, please, it had to happen. Some things are so shitty. Like, you, you better be a proven virgin in those days to report rape or attempted rape. It was your fault. Maybe cops were sympathetic, but by the time the lawyers were done with you, your family was shamed and whoever was still victims and old more. I wasn't into cops. Anyway. But remember, 1972, many girls didn't even have gym class until Title IX. This is just an example of the changes happening. Now, I didn't have gym in grade school, but of course I didn't need it either. I get nostalgic for a lot of what we lost, but not every change was bad. I guess, maybe it's just knowing when to stop, huh? But... I asked them if they heard any cop cars anywhere, just because I still couldn't believe no one helped. Nope. Nothing. I went into the bathroom and just sat on the cold floor with Zach. I mean, if something like that happened later on in life, would I be crying that much? That broken? Thinking there would probably be some anger built up along the way, but who knows? Somewhere along the line, complacent shock would have set in, I'm sure. The people in the dorms knew us pretty well, and someone went out to find LBJ. They knew who he got his work through. Okay, so here's the part that hurt. When he finally ran in, I know now he just didn't know what to do. We were both, you know, born in the 50s, and it was a hard change for a lot of guys. But he said, what did you do? What did I do? Well, it was like I was, like, invited the guy to attack me. Ugh. The most horrible feeling. Then the shit hit the fan. To which poor Zach was the witness. It was such a frenzy of emotion. I don't even remember much of what happened, except that I threw the bag of friskies I carried around all over him. Now, people don't let it out in fights like they used to. Sometimes that's good. But sometimes that maybe isn't so good. Look, we went back to our corners, and we recovered. Relieved that a lot of the shit that we didn't even know we were holding in came out. And we did. We recovered from that. And I slept that night okay, but I was through with the panhandling. The first day I stayed at the dorm, I breathed a little easier. I wasn't afraid, just cautious. I really... Needed to take a break. For a few days after that, LBJ walked me up to the waterbed couple's house, and the radical lady and I spent a few days talking. She gave me some reassuring hugs, and LBJ finished up working on a job, and we talked about leaving Berkeley. So, that's, uh, some pretty heavy shit. With, uh, I think, a lot we can maybe talk about uh, for the second kind of half of the episode. But here's a link to the uh, second part of that. Ooh, oops, did I mess it up? I kind of messed it up. Hold on. Let me get you the link to the second piece. Because it's important. And I'm going to mirror uh, King Dinosaur's sentiment here, who says uh, that he really appreciates Black Cat's poppies writing. So do I. 
there's something about your style and imagery, and I don't know what it is, but I really enjoy it. Um, I'm not the greatest always at following up with a lot of the blogs because I, I had a computer so much, and there's so, like, I guess I really don't have a great excuse, but I occasionally miss that stuff. I, I wish, you know, we were talking about, like, that Vela thing or whatever yesterday. I wish there was more of a way for some of them to just, like, email you is just a flat text email the content of posts for stuff like that like i would love it if there was a subscription service that didn't fuck with you and send you horse shit where you're like look this person's blog when they write a new one can you just email the blog thing to me oh but then how do we get your google tracking ads god damn it um but as king dinosaur says it's just real and there's no bullshit um it's just what comes out and what happened Not that I disagree, because I agree, but it's more than that. Maybe it's because I know you, I don't know, but there's a certain pacing and word choice and punctuation choice, and I don't know what it is, but there's a secret seasoning to it that makes it extra, ugh, that I just really like. I mean, I've read true stuff about true stuff before, but there is a particular voice and style to your writing that I really enjoy. Um, so, a cheers to you on that. Let's, I know it's a little early, but let's take the podcast break now because when we get into the discussion of, of some of this, I really don't want to split and take a break then. So, we'll do the break now and we'll be right back. Black Cat says that she's a cornball. Says, I'm cornball. And I hate keep saying, like, I don't want to disagree with you because I relate. But, like, you are, but you're not. I mean, as a lot of people will tell you in real life, yes, I laugh a lot. I joke around a lot. I can be extremely silly. But I also be extremely serious. I'm not a brilliant man. But I'm wise enough and smart enough to occasionally dig into stuff and be like, hey, this is some horseshit you're selling me. Like, I, And it's the same thing. You joke about some silly stuff, and we all have a lot of laughs. But I do not think that you quote-unquote are a cornball. Sure, you can be silly, and you can be goofy, and you have, but like... The only people that I would call or refer to, at least for me personally, as a cornball, are people who are just fucking idiots. And just, like, we have this one person at work who's a cornball. Because they're all, they're all, it's like, you say you have that veneer, but that's all these people are is the veneer. Like, it's just veneer. That's like, Getting an M&M and instead of a candy shell over chocolate, it's just candy shell. So, I love you. I think you've got a lot of heart and a lot of wisdom and a lot of stories. And I love the fact that you have a lot of serious thoughts and intelligence, but you also don't take the world too seriously and you can laugh at it and laugh at yourself. I think a lot of us, like, here in this community are like that. And I think that's possibly why we get along so well. Uh, 
So, <clears throat> there's some pieces to those two stories that I want to talk about a little bit. And the first one was one that really struck me. Almost, I don't want to say like a thunderbolt. But when I read it, I it immediately called up and conjured a... Not retort, but a... Ooh, I got a possible different perspective on this one that maybe some people wouldn't necessarily glean. And in particular, I know how much it hurt when LBJ said, what did you do? And I know, especially given the context of what happened, there's a lot of female, male, accusatory uh, sort of thing there. But I have been unfortunately trained into that habit of asking that in most cases. And the reason why is because when I was younger, anytime there was any sort of trouble or something went awry or there was an issue or whatever, my dad always would look at me and say, what did you do? There was never really, I feel like, a belief that maybe I didn't do anything or was the innocent bystander. It was always, well, what did you do to make this mess? Almost always, back as far as I can remember. Now, granted, I was a little bit of a Dennis the Menace at times, But what really sucked about that is I felt like I almost never got the benefit of the doubt. It's like the flip-flop of what they say in the justice system. It was always, I had to find some way to prove my innocence rather than, in this case, who I would have felt would have been my biggest advocate, always thinking I was guilty by default and always coming at me with the, well, what did you do to fuck this up? And I find myself in the habit of doing that when things go wrong or there's a mistake or an accident or whatever. I was trained that way. It doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman, a car accident, something dropped on the floor. That is unfortunately for me what I consider to be a a negative character flaw that I've fought and fought and fought and tried to change. And I've find I accidentally slipped that dagger in there way more frequently than I wish I did. And I think as time went on, and as time goes on, everybody else gets trained in to do that too. It was the same thing then with my mother and my sister. It was always, oh, what did I do? What did I do? Whatever situation's going wrong, whether I'm bawling my eyes out, gushing blood from my face... True fucking story. Gushing fucking blood through my face. It was always, what did you do? And what cutting power there is in that. And it's just a few words over from what happened. It's so close, but so fucking far away. Isn't that wild? Hey, what happened? What did you do? Oof. 
God, I, I, I hate it even saying it out loud because I know how it sounds when people say it to me. And, and, that, and, that's, and that's without all of the extra, I'm sure, the situation, like all of the, the circumstances here in, in the story that you're talking about. I mean, God, that's like extra fucking acid into a salt wound. But when I read that, I went, oh, like it's that, that thing is still there. And I think more and more of us, we've talked about the media and social media and doesn't it sort of seem now like more and more people all have the immediate reaction of what did you do? Or what did you say? How can I... What is the thing that you obviously did to deserve this? It's almost never come out in just a thing of initial open care of, oh shit, hey, tell me what happened. Just without, like, it's the fly light. Just tell me what happened. Why do we do that? I I feel like it's really terrible. Like, I read that line and I got so fucking sad. I sent a message to Black Hat and was like, I want to just give the past you and the current you just the biggest fucking hugs ever and just hold you. Like, I feel so fucking terrible right now. I feel like I'm the same. Black Cat says the sniping. I'm very, very sensitive at times to it. I can be too. I've come to the conclusion that in a lot of ways, I'm a very, like, I'm a highly sensitive person. I can be, like, because I always run on some emotional hot line for the most part. Whether that's love, anger, fury, laugh, like, I'm very rarely just in like a humming neutral, the transmission is disengaged. So like when stuff like that comes up and happens, it's always big and fat and juicy to me. I I struggle the whole idea of the, yeah, man, like the best way in life is to just not give two fucks. I, I, I'm not that cool in that regard. I'm not like I, I take it all and put it on my shoulders, whether it's, a nice fluffy furry kitty cat or it's fucking hemlock like i i i it, i can't it's hard for me not to and again that's why it's very hard for me to back off of the what did you do because usually when things like that happen um and again i think back to my childhood um when there is a crisis I fall into the fault game instead instead of look don't it's not about blame or fault it's just about how can we make the people we care for feel better and keep them comforted and I'm just like god I'm fucking terrible man Black Cat has been so sad all week because humans just don't take the chance on being Something nice or kind. Why can't we just say enough is enough? I don't know. I will say as somebody who's not necessarily a a big hippie, peace, love, flower, whatever child, 
Um, man, why can't we just fucking relax, man? Can't we just, I don't know. Maybe you have weakness from being sick. Well, I feel like after you're sick, you do get, being sick, I do feel like, uh, heightens your, you know, it could also be like a rebound effect when you're super sick, sick, like most of the color and everything goes away. Cause all you are is a disgusting, snot, slimy snot bag. And so then when you start coming back to life, everything is like almost painfully vivid and like thinking about stuff and like, <clears throat> but, um, I don't know. It's, um, <laughs> and disgusting. Mm, smelled. <laughs> but I, I, I will say that uh, reading that sentence, and um, reading that sentence and reading those posts, they were so potent to me for a lot of reasons, and. Um, I will say uh, another reason, and, you know, I read the story, and the guy that told the Mike Tyson character to put her down, I read that in what I would, I guess, construe as a less tough slash masculine slash strong voice, which for the sake of illustration is fine, but... On the other hand, what are you going to do when there's, like, raging fucking just psychos? I mean, okay, how tough is tough? Uh, you're dealing with some dude who might be amped up on drugs or stab you or do whatever. And it's a shame that you get to the point where there is a woman screaming and yelling for help. And then it's just one person who says, hey, like, put her down. Like, one person against another person is one thing. But as soon as you start stacking that up to, like, two and three and four and whatever people, the dynamic changes, like, real quick. And so it really sucks that you had just one person who says anything and then that's that. And, that, and that's terrible. And you say the, uh, uh, you know, you're in front of these churches and organizations and institutions. And I'm like, look, I have my positive and negative thoughts about the church. Sure. Um, but in this case, what I want to specifically talk about is where were the police and why did nobody call the police? Like that's two, that's two fucking slices of a thing, right? Number one, where are the police? They're not there because they're not your personal protectors. And I'm not saying this to be mean to you, Black Cat. I'm saying in general as an answer, whenever anyone asks that question, my response is, they're not here to help you. The police are there to enforce the law. When shit goes south and in the less than five minutes between you possibly getting raped, killed, shot, stabbed, robbed, dragged into a thing, thrown in a hole, lit on fire, whatever the fuck you want to call it, they're not going to show up. What do you think? They get teleporters and they can just magically find you? 
Uh, we're going to call somebody being hurt over on this whatever street. So, like, they have to get there and get called. And how do you know the cop car doesn't get in an accident? And, it, like, they're not there to save you when shit goes south. Yeah, okay, call them. But, like, that is a sad, sad thing to have to learn the bad way. And I really feel bad for that, too. Because I feel like when most of us are little kids and by most of us I mean a fair amount of us when you're super little 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 you look at police as like superheroes almost although they're to to stop the bad guys it's another harsh lesson reality that you learn when you get older that yeah they don't always and I actually Probably not much of the time, to be honest. <laughs> Sometimes they are the bad guys. <laughs> Black Cat says, that's what I thought, and that hurt. And I agree. Uh, Krista says, it's sad how a lot of people turn a blind eye. And yeah, sometimes, like... This is a lot to say and talk about here, so I apologize if I, I'm trying to not go spastic and start rambling and raving like a madman, but King Dinosaur comments, I've been that one person, and I've been the guy praying for at least one person to save my ass. Same. And I wish I still had it. I, I, I think... I lent it to this girl that I was seeing at the time and she like just never gave it back to me or stole it or something. But it was a really great book. And the book talked about survivals in a crisis scenario. And part of the sur the the idea of surviving through a crisis scenario is you would be amazed at how many people when quote unquote, the world is exploding right in front of them. Just continue to walk the same path, turn a blind eye, have some dead man switch in their brain that is basically like, this isn't really happening to me and it's none of my business. People have walked into buildings that were on fire with alarms and shit going off. Oh, that's probably just a test, they say with their handbag and a smile as the flames fucking roll down the fucking staircase. And so you see violence and crazy shit like that happening and you've got, yeah, Kitty Genovese, fucking 100%. There was that uh, escalator or whatever that caught fire in fucking the UK and people were like walking up and the guy's like, it's on fire. Like, get the fuck out. Oh, but I have to catch my tram. Dude. <laughs> Like, there is a, there is an, 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 for the people, I think, who don't have that reaction, they'll go, no, people don't. Dude, I have seen it. I have fucking seen it. People could get splattered into fucking meat crayons on the pavement, and people will just look at them. And you're like, stop looking at them and call 911. And so, part of this book was... If you are one of the people who does who does not freeze, if you have either the shepherd gene or whatever it's called or whatever, 
one of the first things you want to try to do is point to someone directly and yell at them and command them, call 911. Don't yell somebody call the police. Because when you yell somebody call the police, everybody thinks that the somebody is somebody else. So nobody will do it. So single someone out and be like, call 911. Like, it, it's crazy, but it, it it's proven that time and time again. It's the, it's the same thing with like, you know, if there's a fire and, and people will just, they'll hear the fire alarms and they'll just walk around just go, oh, must be a test. Man, if there's really a fire, like yell and scream about it and throw shit and make a fucking scene if you have to. But like when shit hits the fan, civility has to go out the window. It's got to be reaction, savagery, and a little bit of some, some intelligence wisdom. But like, you can't be nice. Yell, command people, tell them to do stuff. Oh, I don't have a phone. I don't fucking care. Find someone. Call 911. Like, you've put that responsibility on that person now. Right? So it, it's a different dynamic. And so I'm thinking of you walking on the street, yelling and screaming and kicking. And I don't know, maybe if there had been more people around and you could have targeted someone else and said, please call. But like the people freeze. They just turn a blind eye to shit like that and just. Yeah, shit hits the fan, pick up a chair and throw it to the fucking window. Right. Yeah, Crystal, a lot of people just turn a blind eye. And, and, and so, <clears throat> in this book, they talk about the idea of people not wanting to be a snitch. And people being afraid to get in the middle stuff of whatever. But the thing is, you don't even necessarily have to be a snitch. And you don't even necessarily have to cut... But, you can add to the scene one person yelling for help as opposed to two or three or four or five or six or seven people all yelling for help is a different story. So look, even if you don't want to directly get involved with it, don't just ignore it. Somebody else could yell out, hey, like, okay, that guy's carrying around a woman, but you're telling me that like, what, if you start yelling for help too and following him at a distance... Well, one of two things is going to happen. Either he's going to have to put down the other person, in which case you've saved them, or he's going to just continue to run or walk away, but at least you would keep eyes on him. So, like, it, it is crazy how much crime gets committed right in fucking front of people, with people standing around and no one says anything and no one does anything. It's bonkers. And you see it even in some of these school shootings and all this shit. Oh yeah, I knew this guy was a maniac and he said he was going to go to this place and shoot up everybody, but I just figured he was lying. God damn it. Like, we're so afraid of, like, being the tattletale. Like, you know what? Fuck it. Be a tattletale. Because there's goddamn psychos running around out here. It's one thing if you're like, I saw you, you didn't use your turn signal. But, like, dude, if it's, like, death or people getting hurt or whatever, like, fuck that. Yeah, don't just stand there. 
do something, do anything. Like, and now I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit. We've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. If you are a well-adjusted adult and you are legally able to, get some training, learn how to use a handgun, and keep a handgun on you. Because if you're an 80-pound little mouse, it doesn't matter how big that guy is. When dudes start getting fucking shot, uh, change the dynamic real quick. And I'm not trying to sound like I'm Mr. Super Big Billy Badass, but if it's the difference between you possibly getting dragged into an alley and your head kicked in or caved in or whatever, or maybe having some semblance of a chance, we just talked about no one else is going to help you. No one else is going to save you. So if it's going to be you versus them, you need to do something to put yourself on some equal ground. I'm not the biggest guy in the world, but I'm pretty big. And dude, there's some giant motherfuckers walking around. I can fucking tangle with those dudes. And if shit like that was going to happen, I also know the law. State of Michigan, sexual assault, that's jeopardy. You're justified for lethal force. You, th- If you have evidence that somebody else is about to be sexually assaulted, you can fucking shoot them. You don't even have to say anything. Learn the laws in your state. Take the training. Like, if you ever need advice on what to get, carry, shoot. I don't care what it is. But, like, yeah, they'll they'll pull out their phone and record it. So, after you get your head ripped off and thrown into a basket, then they'll be like, yeah, but I got the video. Like, oh, well, it really didn't help them, did it? (laughs) Well, I was recording it. I mean, there's, like, videos of people, like, getting seriously hurt. And, like, can you put the phone down and help? Fuck. And if it's not a gun, okay, if it's not a gun, um, I don't know. Number one, uh, I talked about physical fitness. I'm not saying you got to be, like, super ultra or whatever, but, like, Try and make sure, like, look at this story. Black Hat was a young girl who probably ran and walked and jumped and did who knows what else, so she had strong legs. And when the time came, that was what fucking saved her life. So, like, try to be at least a little bit active so that when you need to move, you can move. Carry a fucking, I don't know, a fucking roll of quarters or... Shit, carry a steel pen and carry it on your keychain. You know, they they make these tactical pens. It's basically just a ballpoint pen. And the thing is, the body of the ballpoint pen is just made out of fucking titanium. Not a weapon, but you better believe that if you start stabbing somebody in the neck with that, it's going to fucking go through their skin. So I'm not saying, again, like trying to be Mr. Tactical Big Billy Badass, but... Try not to be a victim and don't rely on other people to help you because they won't. The only people that you could really rely on to help you are the people that love you. And even there then, I've had friends that I truly and dearly love with all my heart stand by and 
bad circumstances. And it's heartbreaking when you go, good God, I thought you would have had my back. So Black Cat says, try to save your life. Yeah. Try to save your own life. Like, hey, you are all precious to me. So I don't care what you got to do. But if it's going to be them or you, make sure it's you. <clears throat> we have talked about my sister in the past. She's not very athletic and it's kind of small and occasionally goes into parts of town. I'm like, God damn it. You fucking like, what are you doing? And shit, maybe it's animals. Like it might not even be a person. It could be an animal. And she was the one who gave me shit one time, even about, oh, why do you carry a pocket knife? I said, yeah, you remember that story about the car accident that I got in? And uh, the car, the engine was still running and smoke and shit was coming out. Yeah, for a minute, I couldn't get my seatbelt off. I was about one second away from cutting the seatbelt before I finally pounded on the buckle and it opened. Otherwise, I would have been stuck. Nothing like burning to death in a nice hot car because your seatbelt is stuck. Carry a fucking knife. I'm not saying you get to carry some crocodile Dundee giant ass thing, but look. That's the simplest, smallest, silliest little thing that can just very well save your ass. Look, look, we, we live in a fairly safe country for the most part, but on the same token, I think there's a little bit too much of a people walking around with their eyes on the clouds or their nose on their phone. And man, there's some nasty shit out there. And there's some real mean motherfuckers, whether they're on drugs, crazy, or I don't know, or not paying attention, but like people being run over by cars, like car accident shit now. People getting smashed and shit up by cars. Someone's like, yeah, one of the reasons too. Like, I'm not saying I'm like super, but like, I don't like not wearing a, 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 a pair of pants as a belt. Why? Because if somebody ever gets cut or hurt or there's a car accident or whatever, it looks like somebody's going to be bleeding out. You can make a simple tourniquet out of a belt. Uh, just man, like you got blood and shit and whatever all over the place. It'll fucking change your perspective. That's all I'm saying. Krista says, I'm always prepared with something to help save me, even just an alarm or something. And that's what it is. It's just, so they have a thing, King Dinosaur, maybe you're familiar with this. They have a thing in Dungeons and Dragons. And in Dungeons and Dragons, when combat between two things is going to happen, doesn't matter if it's people or a monster or whatever, right? You have this idea that when you're going to go to hit the thing, you have to roll a dice or do something to see if you succeed, right? But there are some characters, like the, the little rogue character, where if they're surprising you or whatever, like, they automatically do, like, maximum damage. Because that's, like, their special ability or whatever, right? But there's a second piece in stage to that, which is called getting caught flat-footed. 
which is basically like, hey, if you're warriors sneaking into a palace and there's just a dude outside smoking a cigarette and you come up behind him, well, you swing to hit him, but you get bonuses because they're flat-footed, both to trying to hit him and to the damage. And so the thing is, don't get caught flat-footed. I'm not saying, like, you got to keep your head on a constant swivel, but, like, especially when you're moving around and there's other people around or cars or I don't know what, but, like, don't get caught flat-footed. And when shit starts to happen, do something. Don't just freeze in place and stand there. Don't get caught flat-footed. It's like the one thing that that book said. Of all the times you drill down people that survive extreme circumstances or don't, the greatest macro factor was that the people that survived when shit started to happen, they did something. They didn't just basically freeze up and stand there. And that is almost was, was almost the number one factor in did they make it out alive or not. King Nine says, that's why in public my back is always to the wall. No, my back's always to the wall. What are we supposed to do when we hang out? We're gonna have to sit next to one another. We'll have to we'll have to sit somewhere where our backs are both against. Like we'll have to do like some angle shot move. I mean, I don't carry a whistle, carry a, a air horn or a little like they make the tiny little air horns. Not like I, I fucking I don't know. Do what you got to do. Just don't get caught flat footed. And when shit like that's happening, as much as it hurts. Realize that you're pro- no one's going to come help you. Or at the very least, don't count on it. It's awesome if they do, but don't necessarily count on it. Um, and the other part of that is, other people might just be afraid or more afraid than you are. And that's valid too. And I can't begrudge somebody for saying, I... But that's too terrifying for me. I'm just going to go hide. Now, it's it's disappointing that they wouldn't try to do something to help. But let's be honest. We get conditioned to look away from horror. That it's better to just ignore the ugliness and run away from it. And put it out of sight, out of mind, and pretend it never happens. It's almost like some people have a little bit too much invested in the facade. That everything is just nice. And we're all just, hey... Sorry for soapboxing on this a little bit, but like those are the two or three aspects of that that really hit me hard. The, yeah, here, here was a poor, here was a young girl and fucking no one was going to help her. You were in front of all these, inc- like this wasn't like you were alone in a drainage ditch in the middle of the night. You were fucking un- like, dude. And also, your poor kitty cat, and also just the sadness of feeling like then when you need to, man, it's just, what a what a couple of, of posts. It just, that shit really hit me. As much as I'm very sorry that you had to go through that, here's a cheers to you, and I'm glad uh, you made it out of there okay, and that you're still here to share these stories with us. Love you, my friend.
And we almost all made it too through another week. It's uh oh. I gotta stop reading this. I'm gonna start getting teared up. <laughs> um, but we're almost through another week and almost to the weekend. Um, I think maybe this is just another one of those bizarre weeks where I like, feel just everybody's tired and on edge, and I don't know. I mean, for me too. Like we get the so the relative of mine that had the stroke. He's doing better. Uh, he's still tired, but he's able to at least walk around. And while he's having a little bit of trouble, I guess, hearing and understanding some words, he's able to talk okay. Had a little bit of a stutter, but apparently that's gone away. So they're doing a larger battery of more MRIs uh, on his brain to see what, if anything, might be impacted. They think uh, that the rest of this can be corrected with physical therapy. And they're putting, uh, I guess, an implant under his skin that can kind of monitor, uh, I guess, their brain activity or something like that. So if something like this starts to happen again, I guess there's some alert or signal or something. that goes, and, I guess, and I guess it works for like three years. So it works for like three years and then you get it replaced, but... He's getting care. Hopefully they'll be all right. But I just, uh, I feel like I could use like a week off to just, <laughs> that's all I can think of is. <laughs> so let's finish our drinks and call it a week and a night, shall we? Oh, God. Krista has a friend who's been in the hospital for about a month from a stroke. Is going to have to learn how to walk again. That's just fucking brutal. Thoughts and prayers to your friend, Krista. That's terrible. As I say at the end of all these particular episodes... Stay safe, keep the faith in all of that good shit, and we'll see you again Sunday at 11 p.m. for another 11 p.m. nightcap. Make sure you all get some rest and take care of yourselves, okay? See you soon. So, let's go ahead and see who's around and uh, 